0: Okay, so what you see in front of you um, is a graphic of our region. This is our 423, right? And so when we see this, uh, we should just be asking ourselves a couple of questions. One, do we care anything for this demographic? Do we care anything for these types of people? Are we just here... And are we casual about it? Or are we trying to do something to engage our neighbors? Are we doing things to engage the people that we work with, or that we go to school with, those types of things? And so this entire month, we've just been challenging ourselves to just look around and to see the folks that the Lord has blessed us with and that uh, just cross our lives. And so for me, um, we are just as a church and then personally, we're trying to do a little bit more as far as what it looks like to engage and so i'm thinking about buying something orange this fall right and so as a georgia boy that takes a lot of you know a lot of things to say but thinking about maybe not with a t on it but maybe just some orange right um buying the cool tri-star you know the tennessee state those kinds of things but um engaging etsu those types of things like this is where we are at home Acts 17 tells us that Jesus is the one who gives us both the time in which we are to live and the, and the space that we live. So this is home, maybe not for long, right? But this is home today. And so we really want to do that. And so when we think about how Jesus engaged the people around us, we need to be mesmerized with with how he engaged the neighbors, how he engaged the people that were in the workplace or in the marketplace, those types of things. And so we get a couple of clues of how he did this. And so this is uh, Luke chapter 15, and this is just a hint of ways that he did some things. Number one, he says like now the tax collector collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to Jesus all right and so what you need to know are these folks and these folks are on the outside of the community there's the insiders and there's the outsiders and what Jesus is doing here is that there's these tax collectors and the sinners also known as outsiders and they were these outsiders they were drawing near to Jesus and so when we think about how we are to engage our culture, as we are to be, as the Bible tells us, to be salt and light to the world, we would just want to ask, do people draw near to us? Is there anything attractable about us? Because certainly Jesus had this in his DNA and in his character, is that people wanted to be with him and to hear him. They actually wanted to hear what he had to say. Now, the religious were the exact opposite. And so the insiders, these religious people, right? These highbrow folks, they were totally different. Instead, so these guys, the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, this is the inner circle of all inner circles. That instead of like being drawn near to him, they just grumbled all the time. And they asked questions like this. This man receives, or says statements like this. This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so this is the complaint, right? For insiders, for religious folks, it's like, oh, they don't belong here. And so you might find yourself, if you're ultimately like too religious, you might be grumbling toward the people that Jesus is actually rejoicing over. This is the Gospel of Luke right? There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right, so this is Luke. This is one of the four stories, and of all of the Gospels, of all the four Gospels, Luke, he's the most, like, compassionate toward the outsider, because he's always giving us a glimpse of Jesus' ministry, looking at those people who are on the outside, and Jesus is always walking toward them, or calling them to him, and he's always in proximity with the outsider, as one, uh, one pastor says, is that an outsider, right, Or is a sacred thing, is a beautiful thing, is a wonderful thing. In fact, Jesus himself says that I have come to seek and to save the lost, to come to seek and save the outsider come and to rescue those people who are far from him for and to bring him close and so this is the ministry of Jesus is to look at outsiders to look at people that are supposed to be on the outside and actually bringing them in this is the heartbeat of who Jesus is and so this is what we want to be as a community of believers we want to welcome the people right, around us. We want to just throw parties and and have fun and laugh and have redstone on the lawn. And we wanna make sure that we are sharing life and we're sharing words with those folks. And so as kind of just a vision for us is to open up our homes and to open up our communities and to open up our Sunday mornings and say, hey, we know. And so there are some of you in here that might feel like an outsider. You may feel distant. You may actually feel lonely. Well what Jesus Christ tells us in just a little phrase like this is that, hey, there's this is you've come to the right place because it's not just Redstone Church, right? You've come to a place to meet a man whose name is Jesus, where the outsider actually becomes an insider and he wants to spend all kinds of time with us. And so that's why we're gonna do an event later on called Redstone Lawn, where we're just here, we're just gonna enjoy ourselves. And so this morning, um, we're um, we're gonna be uh, talking about this one thing, is that Jesus pursues those who have wandered off. That's all we're going to be talking about is that Jesus, right? That he is going to be in the pursuit. Like he is the one that is actually going to take the first step toward those who have wandered off. Luke 15, if you know, uh, if you know this chapter is about lostness. It's about those who have wandered off. Some of you may have wandered off. That's okay, right? Jesus is in pursuit this morning. It's an amazing thing. But the entire chapter, Luke 15, is about a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost boy. The entire chapter is about those who have wandered away, who have lost, that are lost, and we see Jesus pursue him over and over and over. Today, we don't have time to go through all three stories, right? So we're only going to pick the first one. Today, we're going to talk about sheep just that the fact that a little baby lamb or a sheep wandered off and got himself into all kinds of trouble and he needed a shepherd to go after him to receive him. And that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about sheep and a shepherd and how sheep tend to wander off and shepherds need to go back after them in a pretty strategic and a direct way. In this story, we only have two characters, the sheep and the shepherd. The sheep are people, all right? People who inhabit planet earth, not religious people and outsiders, just everybody. Because we, like sheep, the Bible tells us, have gone astray. And so the sheep in this parable is not just just outsiders, it's everybody. Because we're all wanderers. And then there's a shepherd. This is Jesus. The, the, the overseer, the king shepherd of our soul. This is Jesus who is pursuing us. So today's a lot, of, a lot about sheep and a lot about shepherds. And how does Jesus pursue us? We're just going to talk about three things. Very, very simply, right? Truly simply, that Jesus searches, right, for the sheep. Number two, we'll see that he finds the sheep and the three that he brings the sheep home, right? That's a very simple outline. And yet, if we sink deep into the text, we really are going to see how this searching and this finding and this bringing really can make our hearts truly like just overflow with thanksgiving that this is what Jesus is doing to all of us. He's bringing us, right? He's searching for us. He's finding us and he's bringing us home. I mean, that's good news. If we have wandered off, that is really, really, really good news. So this is, this is where we are. All right, so why don't we go ahead and get to this. This is the fact that Jesus searches. Okay, let's read the scriptures together. And this is the fact, this is Luke chapter 15, 1 uh, through 7. I'm going to read the whole context so that way we all know what's going on and then we will, we will jump into it. Now the tax collectors and the sinners, this is is what we just read. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. That's not a rhetorical question because all of them would answer, all of us would go after. Verse five says this, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus is on the search. And the first thing that we need to see about this searching is the fact that it is truly active. This is Jesus in activation mode. This is him. This is not him listening like, oh, I think that I just, I lost a sheep, right? And it's not just by, oh, maybe. So there's none of, like no shrugs about the one, It's not like he's just saddened that he lost one. It's not that he's like on the front porch and how you would call a dog or a cat, like here, kitty, kitty, or come on back home, boy, or something like that. He's not just sitting there, but we actually see him pretty active, right? And so when he told this parable, he says, does he not leave and does he not go? This is the activation of what Jesus is doing. Now, I know nothing about sheep. And I know very little, bit, very little, much less about being a shepherd. So I called two of our, our very own. One's name is Andy Runyon, right, who is a manly man. And then also I called uh, Carson Weeks. Both of these men inside of our church family, they own sheep and they know something about, you know, uh, about how to raise them. And so as I had a conversation with them and those types of things, it was just remarkable to hear them talk with great affinity about these animals that just kind of make a mess and don't do a whole lot and just don't, I mean, they just, they get into those types of trouble. But as a shepherd of these sheep, they just, they resonate with the fact that, yeah, no matter how many sheep that you have, it's interesting the fact that if I lose anything, then I'm going to go after it. And so just for a shepherd, you need to know that there's great affinity for these sheep, no matter what number it is. Sure, we've got 99 to one. It seems like it's just 1%. And yet for them, they realize, yeah, if I lose anything, I am gonna go after it. We've all seen the, 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 the telephone poles with the missing kitty cat or the missing dog, right? We've seen that. And so we are like, oh, someone's missing their dog. This is, or their cat, this is active. Um, you and I have lost our wallets, right, men, right? We've lost our wallets and what do we do, right? We look for them. Oftentimes we don't find them our wives find them, but I mean, but anyway, somebody's looking for these wallets, right? Because it's got our credit cards and it's got our debit cards and it's got our social security numbers maybe in there. I don't know, but you can use driver's license, voter registration, you know, those, those types of things. This is a val- valuable like commodity. And if we, when we lose it, we feel like we're missing. Or if you've lost your cell phone, right? You're walking around in the dark, calling it listening for the hum? Like maybe, just maybe I'll find it. Like you, we understand lostness. And so we understand the activity of what it means. However, if you lose your kid, not a wallet or a phone, but if you lose your kid at Dollywood, come on. Shut the place down, shut it down. There's a lost boy, there's a lost kid. Like, hey, have you seen my kid? Have you seen my kid? Have you seen my kid? He's dressed in red. Oh, it's red day. Okay, all right, so he's got, oh, they're all blonde. Okay, just shut the gates. Hey, 911, I don't know what you're gonna do. Surround the place, bob wire, like electricity. I mean, I don't know what it's gonna take, but keep everybody inside, I've lost my kid, right? Am I the only one that's lost a kid at Dollywood? I've never, I never have. But this is the scenario is that when you lose something of value, you're activated. And this is what we see in Jesus is that he is activated and he just, he gets up. It's not just that he's got a warm heart, like, oh, I'm really gonna miss him or her. He really does get up and he goes, he's active in his searching. And so when Carson lost a sheep, he had, he'd owned these sheep maybe two or three days at best. And somehow, some way the, the fence was broken or there was some kind of like, the gate was open and the, the, I think he had five or six sheep. I mean, they were gone. I mean, gone. I mean, he'd only owned these days. These things are a couple of days and they're gone. And so he comes out and he's like, what happened? And he runs into him. This is who he runs after, right? And so he's like, oh no, I've only owned these things a couple of days and there's a literal Rottweiler that has chased my sheep away and they're gone. And so uh, Andy Runyon was saying, yeah, I remember that day. Um, the Rottweiler was not that big. I'm pretty sure he was a little bit like this. And so this was Andy's like teasing of, of Carson. He was like, no, no, he was slobbering. He was slobbering and he was chasing my, my, my sheep. And so all that to say is that after a couple of days, you barely, you got some investment, but they're already panicking over this, this animal. And the fact is, is they're, they're lost. And they spent days and nights looking for the sheep over and over and over. They would find one and they would bring him back and they'd find two another. Finally, they found this last one. And he had literally, he had just laid down, he just quit Nothing was even chasing him anymore. He just quit. And Carson looked at him and was like, well, hey, boy, there you are. And he had a vine, just a simple vine, wrapped around his, his, his leg. I mean, easy, just get up and rip it out, right? But the lamb had just quit. He just laid it down. The reason a shepherd is so active is, yeah, there's, you know, Turner and hooch after you, right? Which is bad. But the shepherd knows that the reason you have to be active is because sometimes the sheep just quit and they've just given up because they just don't understand the danger that they're in. So here's what Andy says about sheep. He says that sheep only go forward. They just, they just know that they, they should just go forward. They have, just, they have no kind of like memory. And so they don't look back and feel like, oh, I should probably just retrace my steps or anything like that. In fact, if a a mama has just given birth to twins, one twin may be with mom and the other one wander off and the mom would do nothing about it. The mom would even actually even hear the sheep bleat and bleat back, but would do nothing to go and carouse it. And so shepherding is so important because in this world, shepherding is the only thing that will keep the lostness alive because a shepherd is stronger than the maternal instinct of sheep. The sheep, well, the mama sheep just will not go after it. You have to stay active. You have to stay active. So Jesus' search is active, uh, but it's also in search uh, for the sheep oh sorry I went the wrong way um, it is also sorry about that it's also very singular it is interesting here that not only is it activated right not only is Jesus going after these sheep but there's only one of them think about this and so this is just a rhetorical question What man of you, like if you've got a heartbeat and you know anything about agriculture, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has not lost them, does not leave the 99 in the open country? Jesus pursues the one, like it's a singular focus for those who have walked away. And so the application for us is that we too need to imitate Jesus in this that we need to be willing to be active and singularly focused toward those people who are far from Jesus are far from community. And maybe just maybe this morning you've come in and you felt like an outsider or you felt lonely or rejected. This is Jesus's active pursuit of you and you only. There's a prescription in the, in, in the scriptures where it says that there's a, a book, right? The Lamb's Book of Life in which names, not people groups, not family groups, but names are written in it. Why? Because when Jesus searches for you, it has to be active, right? It's strong, but it's also very personal and singular. It means something to you. And so maybe you are the one who, have, who has wandered off this morning we would like to introduce you to the one who has come to actively pursue you and he's gonna pursue you for you. So maybe you've wandered off because of some really dumb things you've done in college. Maybe you've wandered off because there's some shame in your your past about some decisions that you made with with, with whatever. Uh, Maybe you've wandered off because there is a current temptation in your life that just brings unbelievable amounts of shame. Maybe you've wandered off because your mom has turned you actually away from or your parents have turned you away from Christianity or the church. Just know that Jesus knows all of those things and he will pursue you in a singular pursuit of you and you only and he will call you by name he is the perfect shepherd for you, the wandering sheep. We would encourage you to consider Jesus uh, this morning. And so uh, let's, keep, let's keep on going. This is um, uh, verses, uh, what is this? Uh, verse three and four. Um, so he told them in this parable, uh, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one, he would go after the one until he finds it. And this is the phrase. There's one and he's gonna go after it, right? And he's gonna go after the one until he finds it. He will not give up. It is not just a search, but it's also a find. I want that to sink in this morning. It's not just the searching that matters to Jesus, but he wants to find it. So the singular focus, he will not stop until he finds it, until he finds you. How many of us in here, how many of us have been found? How many of us understand the personal, active pursuit of Jesus? How many of us have sat through hundreds of sermons, right? Maybe thousands of church activities and still not know what it meant to be found. Just know that Jesus won't give up on us. He won't. He will not give up until he has found those sheep that are lost. If you're here this morning, he is searching for you. And he wants to search in order to have results find those who are far from him in a singular wonderful he will not quit until he finds what a great comfort that we have in that thank you jesus for those types of things at the age of 19 i was a college student right far 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 from jesus but had but i mean just literally sat in moments like this i mean dozens and dozens of times journaling, or looking at a girl, or wondering what was for lunch, or just all kinds of other things other than the gospel. And yet there was this one time in which we were in a service, and there was something that was said, and I thought, Jesus really is the only person I can trust. And in college, that day, Jesus found me. Jesus is in hot pursuit of people who have wandered away. Jesus pursues the people who have wandered away. Maybe you've wandered away. Just know that it's, the, the effort is not on you. The effort is that Jesus is lovingly, and graciously pursued after us. That's why he's a savior. And that's why we are the sinners. That's why it's amazing that he would draw us in and keep us in because of our stance, that he finds us. He will not quit until he finds us. He will find those who have wandered off. This is what he does. He's a professional finder, right? And the people that he loves, God loves sinners, are those people who have wandered away from him. So many of you think that you've done too much for Jesus to accept you back. Well, ask Carson and ask Andy. What exactly did the sheep do for their hearts to love them so much? Not much. What does sheep bring to the table, right? Not a whole lot. And yet for a shepherd, when they wandered off, Carson and Andy both, their natural instinct was to go and to find the sheep no matter where they are. Rottweilers or vines are in a deep deep ditch. They were going to go. And they're gonna find, not because of the sheep's value, right? what they brought to the table, but because of their relationship to that sheep. Carson continued to say, it's because I was responsible for the sheep. I had, they had been a part of, like I had accepted them in. It was my job. And so when Jesus finds, he, he, did, he will not stop until, uh, or he finds those people who have wandered off. We've heard this passage a lot. This is the 23rd Psalm. Oops, that says Numbers. This is the 23rd Psalm. This is not Numbers Um, 9. We've heard this passage a lot. Maybe not that part. We maybe even know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But it's the, the subject of the sentence is the shepherd. And we just get the benefits. He makes me lie down in great pastures. I'll find myself in the woods in the Brumbies all day long. He makes me lie down there. And this is what Jesus does. He leads me beside still waters because I can't find water by myself. I can't find pastures by myself. I'm just, I'm, I'm lost without a shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You and I are looking for green pastures and still waters and a soul that will come into being in any other place but the shepherd, King Jesus himself. The 23rd Psalm says that he is the one that will do that. He will lead me to paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is Jesus finding us where we are. He's the shepherd and we need him and we want him. Not only that is that he brings us home. He brings us home. Listen to the end of this parable. And so he's lost one of them he does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after that uh, the one that is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying rejoice with me for i have found my sheep that was lost Just so I tell you, there will be many more in heaven, or sorry, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. This is Jesus who has great joy over us. He brings us home. He brings us home. And how does he bring us? He brings us, first and foremost, he brings us home. He brings us on his shoulders. It is personal, it's relational. I mean, this is what Jesus does. He bears, uh, bears us on his shoulders. This is what he does. The only way we're able to get home is the realization that we are on his shoulders. In fact, Carson says, my first instinct was to, when I found that old, dirty, wet, lost lamb, was to literally pick him up and put him on my shoulders to get him home. This is what Jesus does for us. Not only does he search for us and find us, but then he will bear the burden, the weight of us, and will take us home. And we know our home is in heaven and he's bringing us, uh, taking us there. The weight of our sin fell on Jesus and Jesus bore the weight of our sins on his very body. And not only does he bring us home by putting us on his shoulders, It's not just his shoulders that are in play here, but there's another body part. It's his face. Because on his face, what do you see? Do you see anxiety on his face? Do you see turmoil on his face? Do you find shame on his face? You dumb sheep, I've been looking all over for you. Do you see anger, frustration? Do you see just like, man, if I've told him once, I've told him a thousand times. I don't see those emotions because he's not just bearing the weight of sin on his shoulders, but what he has on his face is joy, pure joy on his face. He sees and he bears and he lifts and he carries rejoicing on his face. As Carson and Andy would say, this is not like a Neyland Stadium kind of eruption kind of rejoice. This is like a deep, satisfying, like most intense kind of gladness. When you find something that is lost, you simply rejoice. There's a profound gladness that can only be found in lostness. The only way that you can be this glad and rejoice is for something to be this lost. And this is what Jesus knew, is that we like sheep just wander off and yet he goes after us. And when he finds us, he doesn't find us with shame and anger. Instead, he goes, you're here, I found you. And he'll grab him and put you on his shoulders and will take you home. Whereas there's a nice warm meal and a blanket and food and just there's all kinds of goodness there because home is where God is and where God is is where heaven is and heaven is just the most peaceful place. Who doesn't want to go there? But left to ourselves, we'll just wander off and Jesus Christ pursues those who have wandered off. You and I are professional wanderers and we will not get back home by ourselves. We need someone who's stronger and bigger and more wise to come and pursue after us and say, there you are. Maybe just maybe this morning you have wandered away. Maybe this sermon or this service is a place where God will find you. The scriptures are pretty clear that the angels in heaven or the saints in heaven, or the Godhead in heaven. Those are the only things that we know that's up there. We know that the Godhead's up there, right? That heaven is rejoicing when they see a lost sheep come back home. So the Godhead is rejoicing over lostness being found. We know that angels are up there, and so they're obviously um, rejoicing. We also know that saints are up there. And so all those in heaven, If you want to hear an outburst of joy, if you want to know what precedes the outburst of joy in heaven, it's this moment right here where lostness is found, where the outsider is the insider and where the shepherd does his job and finds things that are lost. You can't be too lost. You can't be too far gone. This is his job and he does it really well. And so what do we do? with that. The scriptures tell us that uh, we repent. It's just a simple word, but it's says this idea is that our job is to say, I'm wrong and he's right. I'm lost and he is the way to home. That's it. And so how do outsiders become insiders? Just admitting I'm lost. And then also admitting that he's the only way to get back home. It's that simple. King Jesus, the shepherd of our souls, have come, has come in great pursuit of those who have wandered off. I was 19, and I could still go back to that moment. Maybe for you, you were 10 or 12. Some of you were in your 30s. I don't know your story, but we all know what that pursuit and that finding and that bringing feels like, and so for the Christians, the people who um, have been found here, it would—it is our like greatest prayer for you, for you to come into a personal relationship with the One who searches and finds and brings you home. Jesus pursues those who have wandered off. Let's pray. And so, King Jesus, I pray that you do the heavy lifting now for those who have wandered off, those who have gone astray. For we are all like sheep, and we just wander off, Lord. That's what we do. And so, King Jesus, I pray now in this moment that you would bring salvation that you would bring a lost soul to you. So if you're a boy in here, if you're a girl in here, teenager, college student, single, married, retired, if you've never experienced what it means to be found to be rescued. For Jesus to put you up on his shoulders. We would encourage you to cling to Jesus this morning. You cannot find your way back home other than this way for the shepherd to bring you home. Would you trust Jesus this morning? Would you stop doing it your own way? Knowing your own way will lead into a, just a pit of Rottweilers, just an entanglement of vines and a deep ditch that you cannot get out of. That's what sheep do. They get lost. That's your way for you to repent, to turn and say God's way is to be found and to be just literally the weight of who you are to be born by him. And so King Jesus, we're so grateful for this story. We could not have created it on our own. This is your story and your gospel and it is good news for our hearts. And so we pray in in your good name that you would save sinners this morning. In your name we pray, amen.